Hello, hello. You have reached the Black of the Berry podcast, and this is your host, the Berry Flair. And our beautiful two spirited guest today is Sire. Hi, Sire. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sire Moon. Zion Cool Valencourt, uh, born in San Diego, raised in Oakland, uh, and I have Haiti on my flag. So, Creole Nation. Hey. On my heart. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> So just a little bit of an overview of this episode. It's called Sisterhood. Love to our two-spirited fam. And today, I want you to hear Sia's story. And I want you to learn more about our two-spirit fam and what that actually means. Um, Sisterhood is really um, a theme for this season, mainly because... I just thought it was really important that we reach out to each other in many ways. And like sisterhood can be seen as a very gendered thing. And I'm really trying to explore it in such a different way, especially with the inclusivity of, you know, our trans, our two spirit family and why it's important that we uplift each other and all that we do. So sisterhood is based on that. Um, So this is my second installment of sisterhood for the black of the berry podcast. And let's talk about it. So, you from the Bay, right? Yeah, ma'am. But originally born in Black San Diego. Hey, let's go. So, <laughs> have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, yeah, actually, I did like a radio broadcast show for like two years at Oakland School for the Arts, home of Zendaya and Taylorani. Hey. And, um, yeah, I ran my own podcast for a minute, so yes. That is so awesome. I never knew that. I mean, I guess a little background is that we met on Instagram, and the reason why I wanted you to come on so much because I feel like you shared... We met in my store. No, we did. Oh, my God. No, we did meet in person. In San Francisco. Yes, San yes. Francisco. Okay, just to, like, go over that a little bit, I remember when I first met you, I was with one of two of my really good friends. And just your presence, your energy, your authenticity, first and foremost, was just so beautiful. And then, like, follow you online, I was like, wow. They have so much beautiful information and energy to share. And I was like, I have to have them on. Um, And so, if you just want to talk a little bit about what it means to be two-spirit, right? Um, seeing as that this episode is meant to focus on that, you know? Um, so just for the people out there who have never heard of two-spirit, what does that mean overall? And then what does that mean to you personally? Yeah. So the way I can like best describe it, because it's very complicated in this post-colonized day. But for me, I explain it as... Um, uh, an indigenous way of being trans, meaning that I don't, okay, and anyone who's two-spirit, they can, like, they could be straight, they could be queer, they could be trans, they could be wada, 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 but, um, <clears throat> my people were doing this before people were calling each other trans or gay and all these, um, very colonized terms for people's sexuality, which are actually people's gifts of love and life and life and how they can lead their community so um, I just best describe it as I have the gift of harnessing the ability of both masculine and feminine energies on an elite way 
and I use that gift to uplift women and trash talk and um, push down any boy who gets in a woman's way. Um, of course, I'm here to educate boys and help them become men, but um, due to everything that my women and sisters endure, um, I am a very hard blood force, so I don't, I don't do things like I don't give guys an easy, light way and path. Um, I see all the wrongs and evils that they're doing. I see their pussy envy, and which for those of you who don't know, it's the jealousy of um, not being able to give life, which is what a lot of men have in this world. Because obviously if men couldn't have the ability of giving life, then things would be really, really messed up. Um, but yeah, so just being through spirit, uh, you have to be indigenous or native. So I have mm -hmm. Taino and some Cherokee and me. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, the, the definition of indigenous is very broad because there are Asian indigenous people, there are African indigenous people, and there are Native American indigenous people uh, from like the Incan, Mayan, or Aztec area. So, right. yeah, you can't not be indigenous and claim it. So, so sorry. <laughs> um, I, when I was younger, um, thought I was agender because I like the definition that like genderless. Like, I was like, oh, I don't really like. You know, like, I'm just me, like, I'm not, like, non-binary, I'm not, like, on this, like, square, like, gender fluid, like, at all. No, I'm just me. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, Tumblr, because Tumblr's very, Tumblr was great for education, I saw something about a youth fair, and I was like, what is this? I looked into it, and I was like, I was looking like my blackness, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I can claim this. So I was like, I, I feel like the energy inside of me, um, but it's very much about my ethnicity, like being too spirit is culture. Mm. Um, to touch back on pride, I like to celebrate my ethnicity. I don't celebrate it. How do people celebrate like sexuality? I'm like, no, like I like to like, like look almost butt ass naked in whatever tribal clothes I can <laughs> and be like a hundred percent like tribal that day, um, which inspire everyone. And yeah. That's dope. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think I, I got a lot of things from it. Um, you have been really a living and breathing kind of manifestation of seeing like someone reclaim their indigenous um, identity, whether it be Afro indigenous or American indigenous. Um, and I guess for me, the first time I ever heard about like, someone being two-spirit is um, I was living with someone who was indigenous, trans-indigenous, a trans-indigenous person and um, who also identified as two-spirit and they were working on um, the two-spirit, um, oh my goodness, why is it leaving my brain? Powwow that happens in the yeah. Bay Area. Yeah, and I was living in this QT Pac house. It was supposed to uh, co-op, actually, and that's how I met them. Um, and they would sometimes, since they were working at a organization that was based on helping indigenous families and especially youth, they would have like different um, films at our house all the time. They invite people over to come and watch different films and. One day I came and they were watching this YouTube video 
and it was speaking of two-spirit people and I was like wow I've never heard of this and then it explained it in a way of like how it was before Europeans or just like colonialized ideas came into um, indigenous culture was like when your child was born you did not give your assign your child a gender you met your child you learned your child and then you allowed them to then pick who they were and it was a number of people who also shared what you were saying around like when they were young they thought they were like uh, asexual or gay or whatever the case might be and then they started learning more about just indigenous medicine and tapping back into their indigenous medicine and being like wait well long before like being a colonialized person right people who looked like me lived in this way right and it wasn't based so much on gender right and so that was the first time i ever learned about it but like actually seeing it lived out um with you every day and the person I used to live with um, have have been my experiences and I just feel like it should be shared so much, right? Um, how do you think, I don't know if you wanted to respond to anything that I said, but um, I did have another question, but yeah. Yeah, 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 what was the question? Um, I was just gonna say, how do you feel that people can learn more about two-spirit culture? Well, it actually connects to what I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Growing up, uh, I thought indigenous people were extinct. Like, I thought I didn't exist. Because they described it in the book that these white people came and they wiped and just moved everything out. Mm -hmm. So, like, it took, like, many years. And then, of course, like, being in the Bay Area, like, there's some native folks and everything. Um, honestly, and then also, this is a broader question because like, I see like messages on my Twitter and people will be like, like someone, like some girl asked me, she was like, so are Spanish people Latina? And I was like, no, you have to be brown. And she like, there was like, because of the other things, so she was like, oh, I really just don't know anything about this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not Google. So I feel like, it's up to people, like, if it's every problem in the world, it's up to people to look into colonization and look up how people were living before and mm-hmm. how things transferred after. Um, so, yeah, I think also um, it's a responsibility, like, how Germany now, they'll teach everything about Jewish culture and, like, they'll start their history lessons about, like, what we did wrong as a people. But we're not gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that as a job to in America to be like, well, like as we're learning to think, I feel like it's important for Americans to learn about the indigenous tribes that were there, considering <laughs> that all the states in America are actually named after tribes that used to live there. Kind of Thanks. Um, so yeah, I feel like, and as like a moral thing. Um, and since this is a first world country and so uh, just mass producing over everything, I think it'd be very humbling if the American children learned not only the culture but the way of Native life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not in a way of appropriation because I need these politics to stop paying themselves red and brown and playing robber in the Indian. Um, but like, no, I want these like white kids to learn how to skin an animal, how to like pay, like grow a tree, how to like preserve the world. Like mm-hmm. people in this country need to know about the native way of life so Mother Nature can be protected because she deserves that. And I'm tired of people hurting her. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, for two different reasons, you know, I agree with you about young people. I'm going to start off from what you said at the beginning. You talked more about like um, people not putting the labor on two spirit people to educate them and them taking the responsibility to educate themselves. And I really love that because I think it's important, you know, even as a Afro-Indigenous person, the amount that people expect, you know, marginalized people to educate them is exhausting. I'm I, like, I'm in a time of rest right now because it's exhausting, you know? So I definitely agree with that. And the second thing I really want to uplift that you said that I love that you said so much is like starting at a young age like teaching young people the value of their life but the value of the earth and how that those two things are connected um and that can be taught through so many different indigenous means so I guess what brings me into the next question for you right is all of the things what do you think (laughs) Where do you see in all of the things that have been happening, like with the pandemic and, um, you know, the, um, the, the things that have been going on and just kind of seeing indigenous, um, methods and stuff being uplifted more, where do you think this is going? Like when we talk about, when it comes to like people embracing and being more open to, um, Two spirit lives and culture in regards to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I guess. Well, I think it's well. What I think it's interesting that like Italy was infected, and then they were like, "We're gonna all, we're gonna all go to Cuba." Um. So I think it's one for up to six people to not, I mean, of course, people are saying they don't know and then they're passing out people they don't know, um, but like people who do know to stop because it's like such an evil, evil, evil medicine that's being used. Yeah. Um, but maybe I, I should re, I'm sorry, maybe I should reword it. I was more just asking like when, when we do or if they do find a cure or whatever the case might be. Uh-huh. Do you think that people will be more open to truly embracing, embracing, you know, indigenous and two spirit culture? Oh, got you, got you. Yeah, got you, got I think you. I could have worded well, that a lot different, but got yeah, you, got you. yeah. Um, well, if the cure was invented by someone who was native or indigenous, sure. Um, I was gonna say also, um, people being kind to each other is important, uh, and just like. What's going on behind this virus is really tragic. Um, but after this, 
Um, well, you know, people like, I guess to relate to a larger subject, you know, people expected like after Trump, people were going to be more together and like mm-hmm. be more smarter in voting, be more frequent in protests and everything else. Um, so maybe, I mean, shoot, maybe if people really, I don't want to because I need to get, I need to think, um, but so maybe people were like, I don't know, I, you can always hope that how, when people get cheated a certain type of way, they want to change, but that just can also make ignorant people go in this lock-up defensive mode where they just throw that stuff in more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it all really depends. Also, uh, it starts with trans lives mattering, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, Trans lives, but that's way off the conversation. But trans lives will matter when people um, finally uh, call out download culture. Mm. People stop defending download culture, and people stop putting a bandaid on it. Considering this is my argument for it, for those who are like really, uh, really heartfelt about download culture. Mm-hmm. Um, women have to deal with sexism, and people of color have to deal with racism. So I don't think it's up to anyone to want to defend a man's privilege. Um, I think defending a man's privilege is the most toxic, most hurtful thing anyone can ever do. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess two spirit lives will matter when trans and black lives matter. Um, and also why I like the topic is sisterhood is mm-hmm. because I say uh, black cis women need trans women as much as trans women need cis black women. And the fact that, um, and not to be vulgar on your podcast, uh, <laughs> but someone who uh, is going to reclaim this real quick because of what I have to deal through, um, <clears throat> and this is speaking from the bottom of my heart, I don't like or appreciate that there are people in this world calling cis black women trannies because of how dark they are, how large they are, or how gorgeous or quote-unquote exotic they might look. Speak. Um, and it's just in that, like, position that black cis women who are naturally born as women with all that are being called men, um, it's just not, it's yeah. not appropriate. It's not right. So... I agree. It, and it's just, and for the black women out there who are transphobic, it's like, well, cis, you know, that's what they think you are, so good luck. Good luck. I think what it also brings, it brings cis women to a place, right, when being called trans, then it does, yeah, like you say, uplift them being misogynistic and transphobic, right? And if we're talking about sisterhood and truly supporting each other, right, it doesn't make a lot of sense for a cis woman to drag a trans woman it just doesn't right because it's not putting us in a better position i've never seen it put us in a better position to be honest and maybe some people have benefited from dragging other women but i just i could never i'm sorry and like it's like the levels of i think confusion and fear that put people in those places to be transphobic or even um 
you know, homophobic or whatever the case might be, like don't understand um, the depth of family and community. And yeah. how if you want to be taken care of, you have to take care of other people. So Yeah. And they that's just point blank period. On, oh, what no, go ahead, boo. I noticed the standard on that where like for me being me. Okay, before I say anything more, I just wanna say this and I just wanna project it out loud for the first yes. time. Um I have a right in my life when I say things and I call things out and I don't appreciate when people uh like try to cancel my quote unquote opinion when it's really a Fendi fact. Like my role of being two spirit and not only my two spirit, but I'm a chief and we can talk about that later. Like I am a chief. Yeah. So it's not for anyone who's not me to tell me I'm wrong for what I say when like I'm not coming from a wrong place and like this is my role of life and especially people who aren't indigenous tell me no, it's like, well, you're being racist because just because they're colonization and they were for 21 centuries doesn't mean I can't still have my role. And when people are taking away from me, it sucks. But like, women, like, when there's like problematic women in, you know, the industry or problematic women who have fame or, yeah, all that, and then, you know, you call that out, then I'm sexist. But it's like, well, they're, like, they are sexist by being uh, a famous woman who's hurting other women. So mm-hmm. for me, wanting them not to have that platform doesn't make me sexist. That's just wanting better for my women. And it's mm-hmm. actually really funny to me how when I want betterment for black women, like when I want black women to be uplifted, oh, I'm a monster for like stating that opinion. But like the other women can be all the way around doing all horrible mm. stuff. Like, it doesn't matter about that. Mm. So, I mean, I just want to uplift what you're saying just around accountability, right? Like, yeah. because I can love you, right, and show you love through accountability, right? But when we're not used to that, it's like, no, you're you're definitely coming at me. You're trying to end me. You're trying to disrespect me. And you're like, bro, that's not even the case. It's more like... I care so much that I'm going to hold you accountable. I care so much about me and you and what the end results looks like for me and you that I'm going to call you out on your bullshit, right? And so, like you were saying, I think the two things you were saying are so important, right? Around around um, making black women, especially dark black women, automatically masculine and like the colorism around that, right? And then around what it means to uplift both cis black women and trans black women, right? And how that conversation rarely happens on both ends, but at different scales, of course, right? Um, yeah. And so it's like people do automatically get offended. They're like, oh, why are you bringing race into this? Da 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 da, you know? And it's like, if race wasn't a thing, I would never bring it up. But it's definitely a thing. I didn't just pull this out of the air. Like, you know, and I think when people know that you are up, like, talking about things that are true, they get very scared. Because they're like, I now have to do something about it. (laughs) And people be afraid to do something about it. That's something I've noticed, and that's like, 
this sense in my life, which is why, like, I have my magic and I have my spirituality and I have my faith. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't be sane. But, like, this is something I've been thinking about for the past few But it's hard, like, knowing, like, these historical morals, like, having faith in your people and knowing what has been wrong with the world, mm-hmm. but being told by hundreds of thousands of people every single day that you're wrong, when you know you're not, but, like, I'm the controversial one. It's mm-hmm. just, it's like, a, it's, it's like living is mental warfare. Life has become mental warfare now. It's like, Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> and that's exactly why I listen to my black female rappers every day talking about how horrible the world is, how get the bag, F this boy, and be your best thing so <laughs> I wouldn't if it wasn't for Onika, Tanya Mirage, Freddie the Queen of Rap, I wouldn't be happy in my exotic indigenous skin. I wouldn't be as proud. I wouldn't like be as motivated to stay in school. Like I would just wouldn't be me if it wasn't for them. So yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know what? You've <laughs> opened my eyes too, right? And, and and I'll tell you why. First I wanna say this to the audience, right? I first want to say that this right here, what you are witnessing is sisterhood, right? And like I said before, when I say sisterhood, it just, I want to use that in the most communal way, not it being totally gender-based, right? Um, in saying that, I also want to just lift up the fact that you have given me new perspective about your favorite rapper, Nicki Minaj, right? And I'll say this, the, how you have, right, is because, when, oh, you're so excited. You're so excited right now. You're so excited. I care what you. <laughs> um, okay. So I spent a a long time, like, I was just like, absolutely not. Little Kim's my favorite rapper, blah, 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 blah. Which is still true. I I really want to lift up, like, Foxy and Kim because they're very important to just the scope of female rap currently. If you don't know that, uh, sorry for you, or, like... Foxy Brown is in... Educate yourself. She did everything, like... Still to this day, mm-hmm. and so when I say that, like the information that you share, right, and the scope that you share it from is like you be having me thinking. I'm like, wait, okay, Nicki Minaj did do this, and oh, she really is a good lyricist. Like, okay, like uh-huh. you know, I think I'm I'm really saying that because it's so important to just see why. To dig through things. If something comes up, you see something, it makes you offended, it makes you this, it makes you that, whatever. To like dig and see why. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. sometimes with Nicki Minaj, it was coming for a, from a place for me, and like I didn't want her to be a clown, right? Mm-hmm. And when she yeah. first came out, it, it seemed it was so animated. But then I was like, actually, that's okay because it was at a time where everybody was doing that it wasn't just her you know it was the Gaga's and the um Katy Perry's and uh they all had a very kind of similar kind of animated 
colorful situation going on, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this was a theme of the time. So since then, you know, and the things that she posts, they make me, like, listen to her. Like, I'll go and listen to her radio. Like, I listen to her interview. And then one time she was on Joe Button, right? And... Yeah, and I was like... Listen, don't even get me started about pedophilia and the industry, but um, um, yeah, he had been dragging her for years, and then I was like, this is the first time she's ever said anything, and then it made me realize the first time she's saying this, right, which probably so many black women can relate to, um, just Afro-Indigenous women, Indigenous women can relate to the fact that Sometimes you have to position yourself in a a certain realm of power before you can actually stand up for yourself. It's like you have to, Uh like you said, that mental warfare, right? Uh And the mental warfare that we both have to go through every day, right? And being like uh, identifying as as we do, right? Um, And it's like, you're like, Hey, I can stand up for myself right now, but the opportunities that can be taken from me, like always having that in the back of your head, is very difficult to deal with. And to stay in the music scene as long as she has, that attests to a lot that she's had to go through. Um, yeah. And that, if anything, you have taught me, right? Because I'm like, wait, we're not so different. Me and Nicki Minaj, she got way more money than me, but I'm just saying, like, within the realm of just, like, black womanhood and what can, all the things that can go on and mental warfare that is so intense, uh, like, that much I can, I can say, I can relate to. Yeah, and open it up to, like, all the black women whom I love in this industry, from starting from Pam Grier to Foxy to the Yonce and just all of the very, very powerful black women in the industry. Um, it genuinely sucks that they do all the amazing, beautiful things they do for the black diaspora. Um, they're really only making music for black people, but everyone else has these opinions about them. And then, like, every day, I'm educating someone about Nicki Minaj. Every day, I'm having, like, the exact same conversation mm-hmm. about... This was a setup. How well there's bad things being written about her because there's men that want to rape her, men that want to take away her power. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus, there's just like a thing going on that Billy Ray Cyrus, who owns way too much power in the music industry, tried to blackball her just like Janet Jackson was blackballed by a rapist in the NFL. Um, and it's like, wow, like black women are being blackballed like in the music industry, like. And it's not a rare thing. That's the thing. Like, even if we're talking big scale, right? I think about all of the artists I follow and who are friends of mine who talk about that very thing, who are independent artists, who are freelancers, who are DJs, who are trans, who are cis women, uh, who are, you know, just femmes of color, non-binary people of color. And that when they talk about being an artist and being blackballed for calling out, you know, uh, people who are 
exploiting them or wanting to pay them less or assaulting them or whatever the case might be, right? How that's never lifted in, in, in certain spaces and community. They're just blackballed. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's a really important thing to talk about on so many levels, you know. And people, and the thing is that, like, and I had a conversation about the other night, and she, the girl told me, she was like, well, how come Nikki doesn't talk about these things more? And I'm like, well, she does. But, you know, you have to, you actually have to listen to Queen Mary, you actually have to listen to her songs to find it here and there, but, you know, a per Beyonce can't just, like, say, hey, let's go. I want all my Bay High fans, we're all going to protest. Like, as much as she's Beyonce and, like, the queen of the music industry uh, with her King JD, it's like, one, why are you expecting these women to put themselves in a harmful situation? Like, if they are a victim in these horrible things, do you expect her like, it's not, we're not the ones supposed to be educated. Like, as much as we do and we, we are, it's like, we're, we're not supposed to be sacrificing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you expect us to do all the dirty work when it's like we're being attacked? It's like, we're at risk for these things. Because what yeah. you do is like, you can only do so much. You can only do so much with so much time. It's like, I don't think people understand, like, it's much, like, money these people have there's like it's okay we are new money these people who we love and celebrate they are new money there's old money that is evil and has holds weight mm-hmm. and it's just it's just it's, i mean by the time something switch but it's like it's crazy it's really crazy to think about it no that's that's a real also like i for me with all of that is going on with the pandemic and um, how many people who have been screaming their lungs out forever around, um, hey, like this system that exists is not supporting me as a person. Hey, like I have a mental illness. Hey, I have a physical disability. Hey, I have chronic illness. Hey, I'm, you know, a QT Pac. Hey, I'm a black woman and I have children or have I had, you know what I mean? All of these people, including children who have just been screaming out for so long in this system that they need the support, um, you know, now it's coming to light. And I really, I'm trying to help in all the ways that I can around what my capacity is also and thinking about like, this is a time for the voices who were silenced to be lifted. And that for me gives me so much hope. Right. Um, and you see it happening every day, even, even in the media, right. Which is not everyone's immediate life, but in the media, we're seeing it. And so people who have been silenced, right. For a long time are, are speaking up now or getting the space, not even getting the space, the space is being made. Right, not by yeah. by force, <laughs> right? But you see the tide turning, right? And so yeah. I guess that takes me into the question of how have you felt most supported as a two spirit person? Um, how I felt most support. Well, 
I'll just say this shit up. To my tribe, to my beautiful, amazing tribe, like I mentioned earlier, like chief, I am a chief. Um, it is a very um, beautiful and humbling experience to uh, be a leader. Um, as much as it's a sacrifice and double-edged sword in terms of loneliness and exhaustion and mental and spiritual and physical stress, um, it's a beauty to know that there are people who are different in this world or people who know or question, they know things are wrong or they question their kind of dissimulation. They mm-hmm. question their simulation because this is all a simulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're looking for someone to believe in. And my offer is that if anyone needs a chief, meaning not a president, but a natural born leader, um, that they can have me to look up to. Um, I think everyone deserves a chief in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone deserves someone of a very beautiful background to be like, hey, these are my ways that my people did it. Things are really messed up right now, but here's what you can believe in. Here's what you can do to make yourself feel more better. Mm-hmm. Um, How so can they follow you? Yeah. How can they follow you? Like, let the folks know. Um, You're talking about it now, uh, you know? At Macchiato Moon on all social handles because, but, okay, so about Macchiato Moon is, um, my middle name is Moon because the grandmother of my family come out of place and it's a Perry Moon. Um, and then Macchiato because I'm with the Dominican Republic, um, I was tanning on a basketball court and the mom, after like building a park for their kids, and the moms are calling me like macchiato, macchiato, because my brown skin. Yeah. And like that, that was a moment. Because I'm just gonna say this real quick. Um, yeah. Because for those viewers who don't know, um, I am mulatto. I am of the light skin Creole. Uh, my daddy is the black one. My mom is the French one. But for my family already that I have in New Orleans, like I saw that picture of them. They got that deep red undertone from the native in them, and they look. They're like deep. They're like beautiful. They're like older but they have no wrinkles and they're just so beautiful so healthy mm-hmm. um but um <clears throat> you're talking about your name Moscato moon oh yeah 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 um that growing up people and i've always been big my whole life like i'm six foot six i've always been big my whole life so people were like oh my god how tall are you so like yeah there's this there's a backward stigma of people like Growing up, I was too light to be black. Like, I tell people I'm black, and they're like, really? How? And, like, also, someone who didn't have their dad in life because of the war on drugs, um, <laughs> she was very toxic. I, like, yeah. didn't call myself black. So I was, like, start paying out growing up. Like, I'm black and white. I'm mixed. Like, I just didn't, didn't know the parent. I didn't know what. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, but um, then I got older, and then I was, too black and too big and everything else. Like, have that first little moment mm-hmm. of being on my indigenous island, even though, I mean, my native island, even though uh, Haiti is what I claim, it's still the only island with two countries. Yes. Uh, my own home. Uh, so, to have my women on my own homeland call me brown and like, symbolize that community for me was mm-hmm. the best experience of my whole life. That was unforgettable. Like yeah. I came home, uh, Coco Chanel, I mean, uh, Queen album was shopped, and I was like, I am the Caribbean living this American dream. Yes. Yes. 
I mean, I think yeah. it's so beautiful to hear you talk about I felt most supported when people just respected who I saw myself as. Like, I think a lot yeah. of people can relate to that. I mean, I certainly can. Um, yeah, I feel it. And the people that matter the most to you, right, when they can lift up who you feel you are. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best feeling ever, you know? <laughs> For sure. Amen. Um, so I have two two more questions. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, one being what are hmm. Oh no, I wanna do this. I'm gonna ask this question. How do your how do you think that your story can help others? Um, well, <clears throat> considering that I was raised by my French side and I grew up to be this beautiful, gorgeous, fearless, flawless, I've been mean, always fearless my whole life. Um, black, brown spirited creature. Um, that's just a symbol that Anyone, well, one, anyone who's to the white audience, anyone can change and grow a heart and, like, grow empathy for other people. So everyone else, um, everyone can find their culture. Anyone can uh, put down a white cloth, uh, get some holy water, uh, get a white candle, and ask for their ancestors. Um, yeah, and that's also a big part of becoming who you are is your ancestors. Uh, a lot of people fear death, a lot of people, oh, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, traditionally, we all have ancestors. Um, other cultures can communicate with their ancestors. So if you think about it, when you pass away, you're gonna turn into an ancestor. So you really wanna think about it, you know, you have to be in some good, amazing, beautiful place to be able to speak to your children from an earth. So yeah, um, I just think, Community and conversation is key. Um, people need to speak from their hearts and be kind to each other. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think anything and everything in life is possible. Um, I was like, kind of had a little because I was talking with uh, a boo thing, and I was like, ah, I had this feeling of like hopelessness because I was like, how, like with all these things going on, like how can like things really get better but I'm like well if they're like Trump can be president and Hitler can raise Nazis then anything is possible for the black liberation uh, mm. we so yeah I'm just if there's been horrible evil demonic forces in this world then there can be everything else um, and also speaking just on the tip of the tongue since it's there um, <clears throat> I as someone who practices spirituality I don't consider the blackness evil and the white um, holy and light. I mm -hmm. crisscross it um, just because um, if anyone wants to get biblical with me, um, the world was created from darkness and God created everything from dusk, um, mm. meaning there was dark before there was light. Um, the universe is just as dark as space. Um, there's dark earth beneath the ground. Um, and I think darkness is beautiful. So, yeah. Yes. Yes, that was so beautifully put and so perfect. Um, thank you, thank you. I think even the 
other questions I was gonna ask you actually answered, right? Like why it's important to community um, and why um, and some philosophies that you have. I think this whole kind of conversation has really been based in your experience, but also some of your philosophies in life. And like, I, when I think of you and I think of everybody that I know, right? I really see us all as family. And like my biggest hope is always to be able to allow for people to share their stories and like hear their stories. And like, even if you can't relate, right? Say, I lift you up in your story because it's, it's your truth. And no matter what background someone comes from, you know, I often, and I think, you know, not I think, I know you know what I'm talking about when it comes to like living in a place where you see a lot of houselessness um, and a lot of people on the streets and like the way I center everyone is the way I center everyone, right? Like, even the people who, always the people who are seen to be in the dark, right? Because honestly, I'm, I find the most joy from those conversations and I learn the most from those conversations and sharing us sharing that together. So... I just feel like when people, like you were saying, put things in a sense of darkness, then they completely step away from it. They automatically see it in a negative light, but don't just center it in it being an experience and a part of this universe. It's like, allow yourself to know what's going on around you. Because when we do, I find a lot of times, yes, it is hard. But it opens up this whole nother world of like community and support for each other, especially in times like this, you know? So I just want to thank you so much for sharing yourself. Of course, of course. Like, and um, on that, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yes, so. On the, on the, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Go ahead, Blue. On the note of homelessness and everything else, Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It does. It does. It does. Um, 
conversation that needs to happen, which they're not ready for, is until people are willing to give up their privilege, will everyone have equity? Not equality, but equity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's yeah, on period. So, yeah. <laughs> that's on yeah. period. I mean, and that's why I want to have this conversation about sisterhood, and especially because I feel like we're moving into a space where the feminine divine is reintroducing itself and it's like if we don't stick together we can't make it better like but you got to be willing to hear other people out because like you said if you don't hear other people out you can't even check your privilege to know how to show up for each other so you know when we just get too stuck in not meeting people where they're at it becomes this thing like And I really hope that this episode, but also that my podcast allows for people to meet people where they're at, period. And check their privilege at the doubt. And that's on Uh, period. Yeah. I also, because you said, did you want me to mention the uh, celebration from before? Which which one? Uh, um... When I felt, or no, when I felt, I felt about like most joyous. When I felt like when I felt most successful as being two spirit. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it was San Francisco Pride in the summer of 2019 when it was actually my first Pride I ever went to. Yeah. Um, and I had so I did a I did a. Oh, yeah, I did both days. Um, and my Haitian day was when I wore my indigenous outfit. I had, like, gold, bronzy, like, shorts on, uh, like, really, really short shorts. And I had, like, black spandexy thing. And I had this uh, very, very royal, beautiful, like, gold lace in front of my chest. And I had, like, gold strings stripping down. And I had, like, spikes on the ends of it. <laughs> just, like, straight out of the history book. It was so beautiful. And I had my limited edition... Um, Black History Month, uh, Tyler Creator shoes. So I had like African print on the shoes. Yeah. No Converse. And um, had, I held my Haitian flag around my body to go down to the bar station because um, you know, didn't want anyone looking at me. But <clears throat> it was when I finally got the pride and the same thing. And I saw Pablo Vittar, which everyone doesn't know who Pablo Vittar is. They're the most famous drag queen in Brazil. Yeah. Um, it's legal for gays and homosexuals to be murdered in Brazil for being gay. So, um, celebrate her and the fact of like reversing that because she kind of actually is. And so I push myself, this is what I do when I go to concerts, I push myself all the way to the front, even though I'm six foot six, I'm still like, oh, well, this is about me. Um, and Pablo was cute, but then the dark queen of the Caribbean, Amara La Negra. Uh-huh. La Negra came out and she was amazing she was beautiful and I do this just me being me because I'm a performer and you know I'm trying to get myself up there I like one I don't record the whole time when someone's performing because I want to be in the moment I'm only going to remember how I feel um so giving as much body contact to her moving myself to her throwing out my arms to her I like flashed my Haitian flag at her and she said hey Haiti so for someone as beautifully deep as her skin is and someone 
as light as that, for her to be from DR, Dominican Republic, and for me to be as light as I am, and that Haitian as I back up, like, we literally made history right then and there. That was the first contact. Yeah. Um, and then she was like, I need five people up on stage. And I threw my body up on, over the thing. And she was like, you. Yeah. That was the first person she called out. And then there was like this little like 30 second beat. I like watched a couple people go so I could like get a track of the beat. And I was like, okay. I've been waiting training for this moment my whole life. Like I'm a performer. I got this. And it had thousands, thousands of people in front of it. It felt so amazing. I like did this tribal dance. I like, I was like a little bit of African, a little bit of indigenous, a little bit of like all these other things. And then I ended up with a runway, but it was like so amazing to uplift all those thousands of people with how ancient I am. Like I wasn't doing any of this new shit. I was doing all of this old shit and they're living for it. And I got to like, when she asked everyone to introduce themselves, like I walked up in front of the stage and I waved my Haitian flag all those people like i put haiti on the map like yeah that was the best feeling ever and i got to represent quote unquote the poorest country in the world which is actually the first black republic like so yeah that too and it felt it was it felt like a ceremony like it felt like a tribal ceremony that i got to present and represent and uh especially with someone as deep as her so yeah that's been like the best moment so far being too spirit yes i love it i remember seeing um some of the videos that you put up from that day and Uh it looked like you just were living your best life like to the fullest and even since then i've learned like i started following amara and she is actually really dope like i was like that's awesome and it seems like she just spread a lot of love when she do her shows and stuff like that and so I'm I'm here for it. I'm happy that that's a moment. Like I love when people just feel a part of and but still can be themselves. You know, that is what I'm talking about. That is sisterhood. You feel me? Like if nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any last things you want to tell the audience? Maybe about um, some social media. Maybe again, and then. Just something, uh, something you want to leave them with. You want to leave, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. with. Well, at Macchiato Moon, because like I said, Macchiato Moon is the brand. Uh, I don't know what other brand has a storyline like me, but I think it's pretty put together. Um, so at Macchiato Moon, and then my people, my people, my beautiful, beautiful people in this time of horrible, horrible distress. Um, well. I can just, all I can really say is we have survived much worse. There has been much worse things going on in the world. Um, we are in the 21st century of technology, so technically there shouldn't be all this problem with the pandemic, but things are going on. Um, but on a larger note, that when things are going to stress and you feel very stuck in the moment, like this is like a now problem, like everything's crashing on me now, um, all this anxiety from now and all this stuff. Um, just think to the people you look up to. Think about your heroes. Think about they could be activists. They could be industry people. They can just be anyone who's ever came from nothing, made themselves something. I think it's very humbling because anyone can do it. Um, also, at whatever age, 
um, Viola Davis is an actress that just came to mind right now. But it's just that <clears throat> all is possible. Um, everything happens for a reason. Um, don't make deals with the devil selling your soul because that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, treat black women with respect. Um, stop being a colorist because you're just creating the same problem that you're dealing with. Um, and that um, women's lives matter can't matter until trans lives matter. Um, and also, okay, this is just the end part. Um, no one's life can matter until little black girls can't get arrested at school for throwing a tantrum. Um, no one's life matters. No one's life is protected unless little black girls going to school are. So God bless and peace, love, and hope. Yes. Um, the Moon loves you. And um, if you really need a Nicki Minaj, a rumor debunked, let me know because I know about all the rumors and I can debunk it for you. Um, also, just shout out to all the black men behind bars right now. Um, I have almost been in your situation from a white girl and it sucks, but um, one day, one day ye all shall be free. Um, enslavement is still going on. Uh, very sorry, but love and peace, so yeah. Absolutely, thank you so much, Macchiato Moon. Of course, thank you. Um, for coming on today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all. And thank you, Makiatamu, for sharing your story first and foremost. Um, I really do appreciate all of you who are listening. Come back real soon. And nothing but love and peace and real ass shit. You feel me? Love y'all. This is one of the blessings, my favorite word. Yes. Let's go.